Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, hello everybody. Good morning. Welcome into the show. I'm Charlie Arnold. Thanks for being here. Like I say to you each and every morning, always appreciate it. Listen, this has been a hell of a past couple of weeks. Honestly, the beginning of the year, it's been a hell of a past couple of months, really. 2024, I said before we even crossed the threshold into this new year, I thought maybe 2024 would bring along some new results. Maybe we would see something different than what we had been witnessing these past few years, but nope. 2024 off to a brutal start and uh, unfortunately off to a very dangerous start. Obviously, we've been talking all week about Lake and Riley's murder, and now we're seeing some of the after effects that are coming along with it. And now we're here in this week, the final week of February. It's not even over yet, but we can already classify it exactly for what it is, and that is absolutely delusional which seems to be the state of our government that it perpetually exists in. So let's begin by addressing the events of yesterday. Athens Mayor Kelly Gertz, he held a news briefing to discuss public safety in the community after the murder of nursing student Lake and Riley on the University of Georgia's campus last week. Now, instead of taking accountability for his jurisdiction, which was Athens, and how it has become the home to people who do not belong there, aka illegal migrants, one of which who was believed to have brutally taken the life of Riley, he blamed the murder on the same scapegoat who is being pointed to by all Democrats for all of the problems in this country, even though it couldn't be further from the truth. Watch this. Humanity is the expectation of human dignity. While 2019 was not that long ago, you might remember the dynamic we were living in in the late teens in this country where you had President of the United States speaking in the most vile terms about people who were foreign born. And you had that notion oh, metastasizing in places like Charlottesville. This is an <laughs> when I was younger, so when we I have... was a criminal. And you know what I thought about doing? Crossing the border to Mexico to get away from my crimes. Son, I'm going to ask you to leave. Jesus Christ. He saved me, and I no longer live that lawless life, I'm, but you do! Son, I'm going to ask you, you to leave. You lawless, Mr. Mayor. I'd be glad to schedule some time with you if you'd like some individual time. Yeah, I'd like to spend some time with you. Let's do that, but I, I need to continue. Sorry. I question. Sorry. Are, are, are you going to listen to the resolution? Is that still in place? Is that, is, does that get the impression this is a sex city? What? No, you can't call it that under Georgia law? What we wish to do is dignify everybody's humanity. There's nothing in that no, resolution no. that creates the law. You, you took an oath to uphold the law, not your feelings or nor your opinion. Chief, I No, sir. You're talking BS to us right now. I, I need to answer one question at a time. Right here, sir. Alex I, I'm going to continue my answer for a moment ago, and then I'll get it. You called me a white supremacist in your resolution. Well, that was not no, nice to me. Was what enough what we wish to do? Right to speak. This is America still. What we wish to do? Okay. All right. 
is to understand is to understand that those families that are here came here under less than ideal circumstances. I've outlined my desire for better, better federal legislation that would standardize the immigration process. We've not been living in that environment. I mentioned I was a career educator. I've worked with a lot of students and their families in this community. And the practical reality is that those families tend to be blended amongst a variety of immigration statuses. We want to create a stable environment for people in our communities. And when that community is disrupted by hate or vitriol, that's not a safe environment for their school children and their families to live in. Called righteous indignation. I'm speechless, to be quite honest with you. A, blaming former President Trump for the issues that we're experiencing for the murder of Lake and Riley is absolutely shameful. That's a word I will keep using when talking about Democrats. They literally have no shame. Uh, also, the fact that he talks about wanting to create a stable environment and that it's the hate and the vitriol of, of people like conservatives who don't have any room in their hearts to understand why illegal immigrants would want to be in this country and that's what's causing the problem. No, that's the opposite of what's what's causing the problem. The fact that people have an idea of what is needed to create safety is what more people need to share. The fact that this mayor is going to not take any accountability for what happened in his jurisdiction because of illegal immigration is horrible. If all of these people weren't in our country, crime wouldn't be where it was. Lake and Riley would still have her life. Kayla Hamilton would still have her life. Remember the mother that I had on earlier this week? She was days away from turning 20 years old when she had her life taken away because of an illegal immigrant. And when I spoke to her, she wouldn't even be surprised if there were many more we didn't even know about. I wouldn't be surprised if there were more lives taken than we didn't even know about. I'm sure there's a massive cover-up scheme going on beneath the surface that nobody is aware of because of illegal immigration. We understand what's needed to make this country safe again. We understand what's needed to put this country in a better place, and that is to close the southern border. The Democrats are doing the opposite of that. In fact, they keep putting measures in place to make it easier for immigrants to come across the border. Let me add an illegal before I say immigrants to come across the border. We all know what's happening once they enter into this country. They're given free cell phones. They're given prepaid credit cards. They're given free transportation to be shuttled around to whatever city they'd like to go to. They're given free hotel rooms and sometimes five-star hotels in some of the nicest cities in the country. All of these things are happening, and we know what's happening when they get to the airport. All of this has been exposed. They have no security measures. They don't have to show ID before getting on flights. They don't have to have any type of health screening before getting on flights, which is very interesting because after 9-11, we had all of the measures put into place to make sure being in the airport and being on a plane was one of the safest places you could be. Now we're not even requiring identification for these people to get on planes. It makes absolutely no sense to me. The fact that Kelly Gertz was able to take a stand like this and stand in front of people and then threaten to kick people out who pushed back against him should be regrettable in his mind, uh, but it's very much just a representation of the Democrats in this country, our leadership in this country. And unfortunately, it still gets worse from here because our president, who should be the one taking the biggest stand of them all, especially after such a horrific crime was committed against Lake and Riley as a result 
of his flawed policies and illegal immigration, uh, he was able to address the media yesterday, not mentioning one word about Lake and Riley, instead using the opportunity to address the fact that crime is down in this country. I'm sorry, crime is down. We just had a horrific murder in Athens, Georgia. And and you're going to talk about how crime is down in this country. Talk about tone deaf. I mean, this is Joe Biden's M.O., though. And then once he made his whole spiel without, by the way, giving any types of hard evidence or facts, it was all very vague. He then took no questions from the media, nothing at all. And instead just laughed in their faces, laughed in their faces, walked away and then proceeded to have a photo op with five police chiefs from different places around this country. He tweeted out this photo. This came from the official POTUS account. Do you notice anything in particular about this photo? Five police chiefs. We're supposed to have a very diverse country, the land of opportunity. Color doesn't matter. Yet, do you see something in particular that ties together all five of these police chiefs? You think this was by accident? You think this was a coincidence? Absolutely not. Again, though, identity politics are what run this country, and that's exactly what Joe Biden, again, wanted to display. But on the other hand, while you just witnessed this photo, the FBI also put out some new statistics yesterday talking about how theft has gone up. And this is their official tweet coming from their account. The text really doesn't matter. They know the photo is what's really going to draw the attention of the people looking at it. So when they're looking to display how theft is going up in this country, this is the photo they decide to use. You can put two and two together from yourself. And just to make it easier for you, we decided to put the two photos side by side. So here you go. This is how our government wants to take our minds. Here are the people protecting us. Here are the people hurting us. Now, I I just, it's very obvious what's going on here. Um, It's very sad what's going on here. And honestly, screw Joe Biden and screw our government because this is just race baiting at its finest. That's all it is, is complete and utter race baiting. So screw Joe Biden. He has never even mentioned Lake and Riley's name up to this point. Not once, or like I mentioned before, Kayla Hamilton, whose mother was on the show earlier this week, 20 years old, killed at the hands of an illegal immigrant. She's never even gotten a call, a letter, nothing from Joe Biden, despite the fact that she went and testified before Congress and gave gave a very emotional testimony. Hasn't heard a word from him. Imagine... Just imagine if either one of these women were an illegal immigrant and they were raped or killed by some good old boys down in Georgia. Can you imagine the outrage? Can you imagine the outrage? I can. I'd imagine Joe Biden would definitely talk about it immediately. I'm sure the White House would at least manage to send a tweet out at the very least. I mean, when we talk about George Floyd, They had 27 tweets related to George George Floyd, and we all know the uproar that his death caused. I won't even call it a murder. I don't even believe it was a murder. Uh, But I talked to one guy earlier this week who totally understands the situation that our country is in. And unfortunately, he told me that if he thinks it looks bad now, we have not seen the least of it. Here's that interview. 
Senator Tommy Tuberville, always good to see you. Uh, before we even started recording the Zoom, you made <laughs> you know, the note that you know you were happy to be here because within this current administration, you literally never know what's going to happen. And I tend to agree with you. Elaborate for the audience again on that, because that was quite funny. Well, it's a complete disaster up here. You, you, you don't know what's going to happen you know, in the next five minutes. Uh, as we talked about, they could start another war. We could have a new pandemic. We could spend another trillion dollars on some uh, something to do with the, the climate hoax they got going on. Uh, it, you know, just a, a, a crime surge, uh, which we're having right now, it, but it could get worse and probably will. And then, then obviously they could let another million people come across the border. Which we would not be surprised to see. I mean, Senator, you've been one of the most outspoken politicians, one of the biggest critics uh, as it pertains to the border crisis right now, Joe Biden's flawed immigration policies. What was your reaction when you first heard the news about Lake and Riley's death. Oh, it's, you know, being a, a former football coach and spending most of my life on college campuses and going out and jogging myself, being around young people that's working out, uh, enjoying life like Lakin was, uh, getting ready probably for another class, another day of learning, getting ready to, to, to be a nurse in the near future, uh, helping people. I mean, it just, the life of young people is, is what I really enjoyed being around. People used to ask me, why, why do you coach? I said, I love being around young people. Well, you can imagine at about six or seven o'clock in the morning uh, last week, uh, you got a phone call and your daughter uh, had been murdered. And uh, I mean, you, it, it's, some, it's, it's a phone call knowing that I have two, two uh, older boys there in their 20s but any kind of phone call late at night, uh, you always think the worst. Well, the worst was for Blake and Riley's parents. Uh, I feel so bad for them. Uh, there's going to be a huge hole in the rest of their life uh, because of that. And, you know, it could have been avoided. It's absolutely could have been avoided if we did just put a stop to what's happening at the border, people coming across mm -hmm. uh you know, th this young man had obviously broken the law in New York, uh, should have been in jail. They let him out. He goes to Athens, Georgia, and 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 pulls this murder off. It's just, it's un unfathomable. I just can't imagine what, what these people are going through. You know what really makes me mad, too? I listened to the this morning's opening statements of Senator Schumer on the Senate floor and uh, Leader McConnell on the Senate floor. They didn't say one thing about the border. And that's the biggest crisis going on in the United States right now. And they better own up to it and quit worrying about Ukraine, quit worrying about the Middle East, quit worrying about China and protect the American citizens because that's the number one problem we have right now. Well, and that's that's the fact of the matter is that I think the people that are paying attention, which a lot of people aren't even able to pay attention because they don't even have the facts in front of them because, and we'll get into this in a second, uh, the media is not even, you know, that's where people get their information. Uh, they're not watching the Senate hearings like you are and, and getting their information from that avenue. Uh, American citizens truly have come behind illegal immigrants now. It feels like the government is more concerned with all of the illegals pouring through our border, giving them cell phones, prepaid credit cards, uh, transportation, hotel rooms. Uh, and meanwhile, we, you know, there are American citizens who have many problems of their own and they're not even getting the help that they need. It's a disaster. We're broke. We're, the American citizens can't afford any more tax money. Uh, we're $35 trillion, uh, 
in uh, in debt. And these people up here in D.C., they don't worry about it. I mean, there, there's so many problems going on right now in our country and across the world. It's just you get overwhelmed. <clears throat> and I, I can remember when I was coaching, you know, the one thing that I learned to do as a head coach is you got all these problems might pop up. You can only solve one at a time. You can't solve all of them at one time. You've got to focus on something. And for us in Washington, D.C., every congressman, every senator, every cabinet member, the president of the United States, if we're not focused on what's going on at the border right now, we're wrong because it affects everybody in this country and it affects the future of our country. It affects the democracy that we're living in. It affects everything that's going on, but nobody cares. It's absolutely amazing. And, you know, when you just look at some of the numbers, I have some of them written down here. Um, they're astonishing. Uh, you actually, this is a direct quote from you, that we are, we're in a third world country in our big cities. And just looking at a couple of the numbers, I mean, so far already, we've had 8.9 million illegal border crossings, nearly 1,500 terrorists caught, 170,590 ICE arrests, that's up 20% nearly, and then 78,822 of those people who have come in illegally have criminal histories. These numbers are staggering. It's very scary. How bad can it actually get? Oh, it can get a lot worse. And it's going to get a lot worse because people up here don't care. Uh, you know, the, the problem that we're having right now, starting in the in the major cities, because that's where I think that they're putting a lot of these illegal immigrants because there's a place for them to, to give money to. You know, they can uh, the Washington, D.C., this group up here can flush money out to the these inner cities uh, uh, to so-called pay for their housing, their health, their education, all those. Eventually, they'll be moving to the to the rural neighborhoods, which we already have. By the way, I was I was back in Alabama this week. I've never seen like the illegals. And I know they're illegal because I've seen them all my life walking around looking for something to do. Uh and it's coming to a neighborhood near you. Everybody out there that's listening to this, you're getting ready to have a problem with this. It's not just in the inner cities. We've lost our inner cities. The Democrats have ruined it. We're a third world country. We're turning into a communist country in the third world uh, and in the, these inner cities. Um, they're paying for everything. And people are actually paying taxes, can't afford to live. But we're making a better life for the illegals. Stop what's going on. Close the border. Send these people back home and let's get back to life and build the country that we should be building for our kids in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And what I mentioned before is part of the problem is people don't have the information. They really don't realize how bad it actually is because mainstream media constantly running interception for Joe Biden and all of his flawed policies. Do you think that with Lake and Riley's death, there will be some type of breakthrough in information where people will be able to have their eyes opened more and finally realize that something needs to be done. And hopefully, God willing, that has some type of influence uh, months down the road on our election. Well, God bless Lake and Riley, but she's not the first and she won't be the last. Yeah, of course. There's, there's many that have, have we've, we've looked at all over the country. There's probably not a state uh, in, in, the, in the United States that has not gone through something like this. And it's going to get worse. Uh, we have a lot of illegals that drive illegally, that they don't have license. They drink and drive. They've killed people. Uh, and it's just, it's unfortunate. But again, to solve a problem, you got to look at the problem and look for a solution. We're not looking for the problem, nor are we looking for a solution. And that's our fault up here. And if we don't solve this problem in the near future, it's not going to make any difference what we do and everything else, whether it's Ukraine, whether it's uh, uh, crime, 
whether it's uh, uh, what's going on in women and in, in, uh, men and women's sports, all those things, those are huge problems. But we've got to protect the American citizens first. And right now we're not doing that. And that's the fault of every damn politician up here. Well, on the same t uh, subject of illegal immigration, uh, you probably saw Joy Reid's unhinged rant uh, earlier this week talking about why should we have more kids when we don't want to allow more illegal immigrants in our country? What's the difference? You know, if we're increasing population in this manner, why should it didn't make sense to me? What was your reaction when you tried to hear her lay out uh, such a nonsensical argument? Well, I was answering a question about something that's going on right now in Alabama about the IVFs and fertilization. And, uh, you know, we we the Supreme Court made a, a decision, but we're getting ready to rectify that in Alabama where we're all for uh, fertilization. We're all for life. We're all for family. We're all for kids. But she put something out there that, that basically said, what do we need more kids for? We can let them come across the border. I mean, she's Looney Tunes. I mean, she's absolutely lost it. She's not for this country. She she wants this country to be transitioned to something else. Is what uh, Barack Obama tried and started to do in 2014. And this is just a continuation of that. But we always have to remember this. Most people don't understand. I've, I've dealt with it all my life. Young kids are our number one commodity. Our young people coming up, they're the future. We have to make sure we protect them. They have to learn you know, from podcasts like this. Now, I will tell you, um, and I've got a 28 and 29 year old boy said that we don't, we don't watch the news, but we get all of our news off podcasts and social media. And so we've got to do a better job, yes. all of us, of making sure that we don't just educate people my age and your age. We need to educate the younger people that are, have those phones. That's where they get their information from, but we get the right information. I'm not for censoring anything. Uh, and you know, I think we, we've got some problems, obviously, with TikTok, you know, yeah. because Chinese owned. But we've got to make sure that we get the right information out there to everybody across the country about what's going on, especially the disaster that we have at the border. Absolutely. And, and, and I will say, you know, the Democratic Party, I have many issues with, but reaching the younger generations is something that they have done a better job at and the conservatives need to do a better job at. Uh, but then again, you brought up the idea of censorship, which affects the Republican Party on all of the various forms of social media. Uh, and additionally, the algorithm gets screwed up uh, because of the people in charge of these platforms. So a lot of that is out of the control of the conservatives, but still a more valiant effort should be made. But I want to touch back on the issue of IVF in the state of Alabama, because obviously a little bit of a, I guess, you know, a butting of heads uh, with what's going on because you pause IVF. You're not able to allow people to have children more readily uh, because a lot of people have fertility issues. Unfortunately, in this day and age, we're seeing fertility start to bottom out, which is just a shame. Uh, you talked about you're getting to a point of maybe rectifying this. What well, new information is coming out where we might get a little bit more of a, a better result and people yeah. might not be so angry? Well, it's a miracle, to be honest with you, what, what they've been able to do with fertilization. I've got good friends that it couldn't have uh, kids, but they were able to do it yeah. through, through this process. You know, no one's going to ban uh, IVF in Alabama. It, it's in, and they're not going to ban it around the world or, or anywhere in America. You know, uh, it's legal in Alabama. The Supreme court just said, Hey, we need to look into this. We had a, a few of our, our clinics shut down. I think uh, five out of eight are still running, but soon our, our state legislature, which where it should be, they should, they're going to go out and they're going to present a law. They will pass a law to make it 100% legal. We have to continue to do that. 
we've got to make sure that we we protect life in all areas and this is just another way we're going to protect life yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, for one, I, I, I didn't freeze embryos, but I have my eggs frozen. Uh, and I'm very thankful because, you know, hopefully God willing, I can give birth naturally and won't need to go down that road, but they're there, uh, in case I need them for a rainy day. So I'm, I'm thankful to have had that opportunity. Um, Senator, at this point, I just want to transition to a couple sports related stories. Um, uh, one being the idea of court storming. Uh, I know you were a former football coach, so court storming, not so much in your wheelhouse, but it's a part of the fabric of sports these days, right? People like to celebrate. They love to see an upset victory and just like share that with all of their their close friends as they, you know, make their way down to the court and are also then surrounded by the players who were playing in that game. But obviously, recently we saw Kyle Filipowski from Duke get injured in one of these court storming incidences. And now it's re-raising the question of should this be allowed or should they have an outright ban on court storming? What's your opinion on it? Well, I don't think there's any way that you can really stop it because, you know, you get hyper yeah, that's true. Young, young people that are that are really involved in something that we want them involved in. If they can't play a sport uh, in college, we want them to be in, involved with their sports team. We want to, we want, want them to be part of the team, uh, but it, it, it they have to be educated. I mean, I can remember uh, for years ago coaching football uh, people would tear down the goalposts. Well, they, then they figured out, Hey, we need to get a collapsible goalpost where <laughs> it's already on the ground before the kids jump on it. Uh, also in the sec, I know, I know back when I was coaching just a few years ago, that is it like $250,000 fine? Uh, if anybody runs on the field, uh, and, uh, so it's all about safety first. Again, I don't know the answer to this. I don't know if you can, put enough security out there to keep young people off the field when they're really excited. But I mean, probably not to prevent hundreds of, you know, maybe one or two people run down. You can always get them under control, but probably not hundreds or even thousands. No, probably not happening. No, no. And especially in a football game, you've got in the SEC, you've got 80, 90, 100,000 people in the stands. Yeah. You're, you're not going to keep people from running on the field. But again, it needs to be talked about, needs to be discussed. Uh, they need to uh, make sure they educate young people on what to do and how to do it. And if they're going to, uh, if they're going to do it, uh, you know, they need to use all precaution they possibly can. Mm -hmm. uh, something else that I feel like will hit pretty close to home for you because it's coming from none other than Nick Saban. Uh, a lot of people were speculating reasons why he decided to retire uh, this past season. And one of them was maybe the fact that NAL has really done some damage to college sports and the entire landscape of it. Uh, and now he's coming out and saying that NIL has just done uh, the, the damage, the, the length that the damage has gone. Uh, he just really can't fathom at this point. He said the concept of a student athlete has completely disappeared. Uh, what's your thought on NIL and and where it's taking us and in and, and the, I guess, measures that should, should be put in place so that it doesn't absolutely completely destroy college sports. Yeah, I don't think it's any doubt. Uh, guys like Nick, it 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 really, it really got to him because you can't control your team now. You can't build a team. You can't go out and take a freshman and three years later, you know, he wasn't real good, but you can make him into a better player. Now it's more about money. Now I'm not against players making money, but this has gotten out of control. I think the biggest problem is the transfer portal. Joe Manchin and I, the Democrat from from uh, West Virginia, he and I did uh, work for two years with the ADs, the presidents, the coaches, the players on an NIO bill. And one of the things was, hey, you can transfer uh, and uh, and it gives you that opportunity. 
but you got to pay a price for it. You got to sit out a year. And uh, we, we, we did that forever. And it really kept, uh, you know, the stampede of kids just going other places just for another 10,000, 20 or $30,000. Now that's a lot of money, but at the end of the day, what you're there for is an education. So we put together this great bill last year. We tried to, we, we put it out and we tried to get Schumer, bring it to the floor, but we found out that unless they, uh, we were allowed unions to take over college sports, the Democrats weren't going to vote for it. So they want unionization of college sports. We can't do that. We're not going to do that. This is education first in a young man or young woman, having an opportunity to make a little bit of money while they're in, in, in college sports. But now it's turned into millions of dollars for something. A little bit of money. Yeah. It's not the case anymore. But the problem you're going to have with that, you're going to have donor fatigue. And this, I don't know how long this is going to last. People are going to get tired of spending all this money on, on on players sometimes. And a lot of times they're not going to play. Um, you know, you, you, yeah. you were, if you take five players, uh, from high school, you're lucky if two of those five ever turn out to be a good football player or a good basketball player. So you're really rolling the dice. Uh, I think you're probably going to see a lot more transferring and taking people that, you know, can yeah. play a little bit, but unfortunately this transfer rule is going to ruin college sports. Yeah. And I mean, especially like we saw, uh, this past bowl season, um, I'm the the exact game is escaping me, but I mean, you had something like, I think 19 players who didn't play for a specific team. And, and it was the, um, one of the Florida teams that went undefeated during the course of the season. It's just Florida state, Florida state. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Um, I mean, what does that say? Right. When they're not willing to, to be there for their team, it no longer matters. It's more of a me before the team mentality that we're experiencing right now or, and witnessing. Well, exactly. And then they played Georgia, which is a great football team. All their players came back and played and they got destroyed. And yeah. that's not what it's about. Uh, I think I wasn't for this 12 team playoff, but I think what's going to happen the 12 team playoff teams like Florida state, you know, instead of left out of the top four now they would have been in the top 12. And I think their players would have continued to play it. I think that's going to encourage them to do that, but it's just selfish to do that. And again, it all, most of it comes from the parents. Most of these kids are, are, that set out said, we're not going to play. We're going to go to the NFL or whatever. Most of them are not going to play and make any money past that point. Uh, very few do. Uh, so they got to really get their education first and, and enjoy their college experience. Uh, I'm telling you, I've been through it for a long, long time. And I saw a lot of disappointed young men think that they were a lot better than what they were, you know, when they stepped to that next level in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. Um, finally, before I let you go, uh, football season is, is behind us for now, at least. What teams are you watching right now, Senator? Well, I watch a little bit of uh, college basketball. I still live in Auburn. I pull for them. I think, I, they, you know, the SEC has got five or six really good teams, Kentucky, Tennessee, uh, Alabama, Auburn. Uh, you know, it's. I think it's going to be a shootout when it gets to the championship game here in a couple of weeks. But there's good teams all across the country. Uh, but, again, uh, you, you never know who's going to play because they have the NIL. Uh, just yeah. like uh, college football. So right after this season, you'll have people, uh, these young men, women, just traveling all over the country, going to different places. Yeah, amazing. Well, I'm sure you and your sons get a good opportunity to watch some sports together. I'm headed back to Indiana next weekend to see the final game of the Indiana basketball season with my dad. So um, always a good form of bonding, uh, if you will. So Senator, thank you so much. Always good to talk to you. And I hope we get to do it again soon. Well, let's do it. Next time I want to talk about men and women's sports again, because we can't let that get by in Olympics this year. They're going to allow men to box against women in the Olympics. 
and you talking about a disaster getting ready to happen. That's going to be a disaster, but that's for a later time. But uh, again, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. God bless. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Outkick the morning. We'll be right back after a short break. Stay tuned. Thank you again to Senator Tommy Tuberville. He's welcome on the show anytime he wants. I love talking to that guy. He is so smart, so intelligent, always speaks the truth. And, you know, one of his last comments that he made was he wants to come back on to talk about keeping biological men out of women's sports. All for it. You all know that. Uh, Someone else who's a big proponent of that. President Donald Trump. Uh, He's making his way down to the southern border today. He will be stationed at Eagle Pass, really investigating what the hell is going on there, which, of course, we all know nothing good. Uh, And coincidentally, on the heels of Trump making his announcement that he was going down to the southern border, and now with the immense pressure that Joe Biden faces because of the murder of Lake and Riley, Guess what? He's also heading down to the southern border today. Uh, We know that's not an authentic move. We know that's one out of force, again, because of pressure. But he will be in Brownsville, which is um, it's not so close to Eagle Pass, but it's also a place, might I add, that only has seen a fraction of the illegal crossings that Eagle Pass has. So obviously where Trump is going, a much more important standpoint, all of them important. Uh, But this is all just BS from Joe Biden. We all know why he's doing it, uh, which you know, kind of makes me me wonder, like the fact that the two of them are down there, we should just kick it back to the old days, maybe have a good old fashioned duel and see how that goes for Sleepy Joe. I imagine not too well. And actually, if we are so fortunate, maybe Joe, you, you know, he gets lost wherever he goes. He stumbles his way around. Maybe he will forget which direction to walk in. And instead of walking back in towards the United States, he will cross over into Mexico and then uh, we can we can shut the border down immediately, build that wall immediately, and we just won't let him back in. Is anybody on board with that? I feel like a lot of people would be. Uh, okay, everybody, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so very much. Again, thank you to Senator Tuberville for joining the show and thank you to all of you for being here. In the meantime, until we catch you tomorrow, Follow me on social media at Charlie on TV. I hope you have a wonderful Thursday and I will see all of you tomorrow morning.